everyone, and welcome to episode 106 of the Retrospectives podcast, Unreal. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, it has been close to two years, but we finally return to the boomer shooter genre with one of the all-time classics, Unreal. Are you familiar with Unreal? Have you played any of the games in this series, whether it be the multiplayer ones or the uh, absolutely atrocious sequel? I played a reasonable amount of the multiplayer back in, you know, the days of lane cafes and that kind of thing, but never the never the single player. Yeah, so I um I've never played Unreal 1998. I have played Unreal 2: The Awakening, which is not a very good video game, and I have played Unreal Tournament as well. I actually have a weird nostalgic memory of playing the first Unreal Tournament and having no idea what kind of game I was playing because you know I downloaded the demo from one of those shareware discs that used to come um with PC magazines oh, yeah. and I'd never encountered a multiplayer game before so I was just bewildered at what what was even going on <laughs> luckily I've since learned what a multiplayer game is kind of uh but yeah this this is kind of an interesting gap in my boomer shooter history compared to most of the other games that i've actually played i didn't actually know that this game had a single player component to it the the primary selling point of this one was the multiplayer right back in 1998 the concept of a multiplayer only game didn't really exist like the mm. first tribes game when it came out was not very well received the, the very concept of it was was rejected and the same with uh, quake 3 arena a lot of people had a lot of doubts about Quake 3 Arena as a title that was exclusively multiplayer. So back in those days, every single game that was released always had a single player and a multiplayer component. As we may find out in this discussion, perhaps Unreal should have focused more heavily on one aspect of the game over the other, and maybe that's why its legacy is more its multiplayer aspect than the single player game. Yeah, I think it's gonna be, you know, a bit apparent from this episode why, you know, the game continued to do so well in the multiplayer scene, and I had never even heard of this series having a single player component. Uh... And, we'll, and from we'll, the sounds of it, 2 is a, quite a terrible game as well. And we'll, well, we'll see how controversial we get, because I know that Unreal is a beloved uh, shooter amongst the boomer shooter aficionados, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, give our, we'll give our opinions in full time. So for those who have never listened to us before, James and I make up the Retrospectives podcast. What we do each and every three weeks is we play through a classic or cult game of the past, with the intention of finding out if it's a game that has truly stood the test of time and is worth your time to play today. So this is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to evaluate these games in the time in which they were created. We're not here to appreciate these games for what they did and the legacy they created. We simply want to know, are these games worth your time to pl play today in and amongst all of the modern releases that come out? Sometimes we discover that games that are old and use outdated, in inverted commas, design principles actually do something special. And in the best of cases, they do something significantly better than modern game design. Sometimes we find they're about average. And unfortunately, sometimes we find out that they're complete dog shit and that they are shrouded in a heavy shroud of nostalgia. So thank you for joining us. Um, if you like our content, if you want to hear more, we've got it all on our website, which is rspodcast.net, has links to all of our social media stuff, including our Discord. And if you really like what we do, we also have a buy me a coffee page where you can monetarily support the show. So let's get into it. Unreal. I'm going to give a brief description of the show before we get into 
into the actual chonky discussion. So Unreal is a first-person shooter that was first released in 1998 and is the first game in its series. It was later followed up with, as mentioned before, the excellent Unreal tournament games and the far less excellent single-player sequel Unreal 2, but Unreal's legacy is definitely more in its multiplayer scene. You take on the role of Prisoner 849, the only survivor of a ship crashing onto an unknown alien planet. On the planet, you find plenty of hostile and even some non-hostile aliens, and you have to battle through this planet to try to escape. And maybe, you know, just maybe you'll kill all the hostile aliens on the way. It's yet to be determined um, because, you know, we don't want to spoil this incredible story. We would prefer you experience yourself. Uh, would we, though? <laughs> So uh, the way we played this game, uh, it's not as easy to play as some of the old games. Um, Unreal is actually abandonware. It's not listed on Steam or GOG. It used to be. It got delisted. So we downloaded Unreal Gold, which is a 2000 repackage of the game, which includes the expansion. Uh, more importantly, it's important to note how we patched this game because Unreal is a very old game and it's made in that awkward period of 1998 where to like early 2000s, which have absolutely atrocious baseline compatibility with, with uh, modern machines. Luckily, there are people who have been patching the game forever and we played with the Unreal 227J developer patch, which is a massive bug fix and compatibility patch. Uh, it's an extension of the regular game patching, meaning that there's no new content, there's no gameplay changes. It's simply a patch that introduces quality of life features like widescreen resolutions to the player, but the gameplay is essentially intact. And I think that if you're going to play Unreal Modern Machines, the 227J patch is absolutely necessary. Did you experience any bugs while playing... Um while playing, uh, while trying to get this game working, James, because I certainly had a few. Uh, yeah, the only one that I noticed is that I kind of set my default renderer to OpenGL because it defaulted there, mm -hmm. um, and it actually the brightness slider in game just did not work with that uh, with that renderer selected. So I was playing through about half the game, convinced that you know the whole game was super dark on purpose <laughs> to be like moody or something. <laughs> And then I changed the renderer and the whole game became full bright because I had just like left the, the brightness up that high um, and was like, ah, I understand. I've been gimping myself this entire time. That's it wasn't amazing. that bad. But yeah, just something to watch out for. It's not actually supposed to be, you know, pitch black in 90% of the levels. So I had some more significant issues. Uh, at one point, my save games just stopped working. Like I, I, I could load my uh... old save games, but I couldn't save games anymore, whether manually or quick saving. And I had to do a full reinstall of the game to get it working again. I have no idea what caused this issue. I did a bit of troubleshooting and couldn't figure it out. So I... Um, reinstalled the game and luckily it's got a developer console so i was able to just kind of load the level up to where i was before and continue with my game without losing too much progress the other weird bug i had is that underwater was just wireframes it was it was odd i and that may have had something to do with my renderer but i had zero visibility underwater except that i could see the wireframes of all of the geometry underwater i don't know if you you had an issue uh... like that no, not at all. Uh, I thought the game actually looked quite nice underwater for a game this old. <laughs> well, I could navigate it, but it wasn't pretty. So I, it, it was, it was pretty ugly. But 
apart from those issues, once I got the reinstall, yeah, but working, you loved System Shock, right? It's just the cyberspace. <laughs> it's just cyberspace over again. Yeah, I got to revisit System Shock One Cyberspace, my favorite part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, not too much of the game is underwater, so it wasn't a massive deal. But I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, yeah, so that's how you should play the game. Get this patch, and uh, oh, the other thing I would mention is the um i had issues with the ui uh scaling when i was playing on high resolutions so i actually played at lower resolutions so that i could have a uh, larger and more visible um ui things which has your mo indicator and health and all that stuff were you were you playing at max resolution james uh, i was not i actually kind of left it on the default because mm. i could actually read the text <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of annoying because there are some and i may have missed an option in the menus but there's some games like halo which will once you do the necessary work will scale up the ui but other games you put them on a modern monitor and you can't read anything and i think that unreal's ui actually is extremely good it's simple but it's extremely good at communicating your ammo levels for all of your guns at a glance yep uh but if you play at you know anything above 1920 by 1080 even 1920 by 1080 you're gonna struggle to read it without you know poking your head towards the bottom of the screen so uh i would advise playing at you know a chunkier resolution or maybe there's some obvious menu option that i mixed missed here yeah and apparently and this was something i didn't find out until i looked up a guide um on larger monitors such as you know my 2k monitor um the crosshair becomes inaccurate <laughs> uh and the actual like shot zone is slightly under and i was convinced that this game didn't have headshot hitboxes for like you know 60 percent of the game until i read that online and was like what um and then immediately yeah started hitting them left right and center it was very very frustrating so just keep that in mind you might have to like aim slightly above where you intend to hit if your monitor is you know a bit bigger than normal yeah finally my dinky shitty monitor came in advantage <laughs> it's not the first time <laughs> um yeah honestly james i think we are ready to jump into the discussion um let's let's talk a little bit about unreal where would you like to start well, let's talk about aesthetics, because we ended the last episode with us discussing, you know, doing Unreal for this one. And my immediate reaction on looking the game up was, man, this game is kind of ugly. Mm. Um, I actually somewhat am going to rescind that sentiment. I actually think that there are parts of this game that still look quite nice somehow. Um, I think the main thing that stuck out to me is some of the art direction's nice, but there's such a huge, like, variety of locations in this game that just look acceptable or a little you know above average that kind of the the quantity kind of did it for me in some ways and i also think that this game has weirdly nice looking liquid uh all of the sections with water or toxic sludge they've applied this kind of like light source to the to the water so it like glows in the dark and, you know, it's quite a dim game, especially for me with that bugged setting. Hmm. Um, so it looked like the contrast between the glowing blue water and the dark like background or the glowing green sludge and the dark background actually still looks kind of nice. And it kind of animates nicely when you're swimming underneath it. Not that, you know, you would have experienced that. 
Um, but I do have to say, it surprised me. I went into this thinking that it was going to look god-awful for the whole time. And there are actually some quite nice sections, like uh, when you go to Nepali Village and they've got that like kind of dreamscape-looking background. I thought that was wonderful. I think the really interesting thing about the aesthetics of Unreal is that if you show someone a screenshot or even show them a few minutes of gameplay, it's not going to come across as very impressive because yep. it's an old fairly old engine depicting trying to depict realistic outdoor locations but the act of existing in this space this definite alien space eventually kind of seeps into your bones and you stop noticing the low resolution textures and more let the entire experience be kind of immersive and as you said, it's the variety of the locations, but it's also the scale of the locations. I have never played a game really quite like Unreal, where you have these absolutely massive spaces and you feel like an insect. And I've got to say, James, the closest I've felt to this kind of like alien sense of scale is something like Anna Londo and Dark Souls, which, you know, was designed for giants. Playing through Unreal, I felt like as I was moving around that I was a tiny little man in a space designed for giants. And that very sense of scale is what I think eventually sells the aesthetic and the alien feel of it. I think something that's very apparent when you play older shooters like Doom, Quake, and even like when we did System Shock, the level design and the environment is very abstract because they can't really like depict what feels like a real lived-in world. This is kind of like this middle ground between where it's way less abstract than those games, but it's still not, I guess, at that level of detail where all of the, you know, the scenery and placement makes total sense. Mm. But there's like just enough that you can kind of, even if you don't give two shits about the story that you can read in books and journals, which, you know, I found myself kind of like not very engaged with that part of the game. Uh, some of the environmental storytelling actually does manage to shine through occasionally, which is something I definitely can't say for something like Doom or Quake by comparison. Yeah, and I know that you haven't really played the build engine shooters, James, which is um, Duke 3D, Shadow Warrior, Blood. But these mm. are all games that have an aesthetic that is a lot more realistic. And, you know, eventually Half-Life topped it off with like a more grounded sort of realistic uh, aesthetic. Mm. Unreal, as you said, stands apart as a middle ground between the more abstract environments of Quake and Doom and something a bit more realistic. We're dealing with a temple, like a temple is a thing that we can understand, and a lot of your time will be spent in temples and spaceships in this game. But because it's an alien temple, it's still a fairly abstract, strange space that you don't understand. But you understand all the lifts and how it, and you know, the symmetry of a lot of these these temples and the repetition. It's, it's fascinating. And uh, I have to say in many ways that I think the aesthetics and atmosphere of this game are the strongest part of the single player yeah. experience. Because while... The shooting, as we may get into later, may not necessarily always be the most engaging. Actually existing in the world of Unreal and progressing through it feels pretty good. Yeah, and I was actually quite blown, like surprised by the variety of locations that you go through in this game. You, are, like every single level is a different location that flows from one to the next. Like you start off 
in a crashed spaceship and you escape the spaceship and then you're outside on an alien environment, you know, and then you go, you know, back into a few different spaceships where eventually you find a teleporter um, that takes you to like a temple uh, that then has like a lift far into the sky. And now you're in these floating sky islands above the clouds. Which is awesome, by the way. I think that's my favorite area in the entire game. Like, it, I agree. It's such a simple thing as well. It's just a skybox, you know, on a level with a cliff. But I mean, I immediately believed where I was. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, I thought that section was like surprising. Even the like uh the architecture because it's a very sci-fi sort of game when you're playing it at the beginning right mm. you're in these big alien spacecraft and there's big you know mutant things with rocket launcher arms everywhere and suddenly you go up to this elevator and you're in this like sort of medieval village with like wizards that's been taken over by the aliens with guns mm. um and then you know you do a lot of stuff in that and there's like a castle um, and then, you know, it's back down to the other aliens, you know, base of operations and it's back to full sci-fi. It's kind of cool and actually strangely believable, which I thought was really well done. The mix of technological locations with like monasteries and temples, like in this seamless way is really cool. In some ways it reminded me a little bit of Another World, uh, because Another World has that level of sci-fi technology mixed with this raw brutalism. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, once again, it's an interesting, uh, take and moving on to like, uh, the storytelling of this game, it's very subtle and I did make fun of it a little bit in the intro. Um, and I would say the vast majority of your time playing this game, you're going to be concerned with the gameplay and not the story, but there's enough, um, of the native population being tortured. Uh, you know, there are torture chambers <laughs> that the Scar are using. There's little bits about uh, there being a mining operation. You get little hints as to what these different alien races are doing and how they've been sucked down by some kind of gravitational vortex to the planet. And that's why there's so many different aliens kind of hanging out and suffering. And I think that the light touch with the storytelling ended up being a lot better than what the sequel did with all its heavy cutscenes and everything. Sometimes less story is a good thing. Um, and I think that Unreal has the right level of story to be engaged with it for a boomer shooter. Yeah, okay. I completely disagree, actually. I found myself like really hankering for like voiceovers and that kind of thing. I found it so hard to engage with the story in this game. Interesting. Or even care. Like, I just don't think that like this kind of fast paced arena shooter kind of gameplay meshes very well with sitting down to read like six paragraphs of text every few seconds well, you know what i mean well i mean it but just... that that would be my point i maybe we i didn't find that i was being constantly interrupted to read text i thought the text was very minimalist for the most part and that's what i liked about it yeah i guess i just would have rather like been fed a story while i played the rest of the game i guess right that's kind of like my preference i found it i don't think the writing itself is particularly like good or anything the best it does is in like the more natural interactions like you have you can't speak the language of the enslaved race but sometimes they'll yell at you in some unintelligible dialect but lead you to a secret somewhere mm -hmm. like that kind of thing i was totally on board with uh you know the journals everywhere 
like man i wish these were audio logs instead. <laughs> i would have had a much better time yeah i don't know in some ways if there were audio logs it would move into being a different kind of game um i guess for me it wasn't a problem just to skim through them in the 10 seconds it took to read them i guess i didn't want something more anything more than that because that would be taking away from the gameplay aspect of the video game um i uh, didn't want system shock one from this game i wanted a boomer shooter where i got to murder things yeah and it's it's kind of weird right because when and we'll get we're going in this direction at some point when mm. the shooting's a bit mediocre i'm okay with that you know <laughs> and that makes sense right like but i would say that the game's design is built around the shooting now was that design ultimately successful in my opinion probably not however from a design standpoint i would prefer this kind of video game be more gameplay orientated i just think that they could have done it differently yeah i mean i think i don't think i would like i would literally never tell anyone to play this game for the story <laughs> right um it's part of the experience right the, it's not like you would play to tell a person to play a game for the story but i do think it's worth mentioning it's there and i like its subtle touch but i can see why you would find it not enough to be at the very least it. like it's not a detriment to the game i don't no. think like you no. can easily avoid it if you don't care there, there's um, a bit more here than in doom or quake yeah and as you said it's not intrusive like a lot of modern games can be so if you don't want to engage with it you can just literally ignore it and it'll never interrupt you with cutscenes. you can even forced. murder all the natives if you so choose to yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean like i didn't like it but it didn't get in my way and i guess that's the important bit um so let's transition from like the aesthetics to the level design mm -hmm. i was i found this one kind of fascinating actually because um some of the levels i thought were really good specifically that level up in the sky the village mm. uh had this really awesome level design where there was you know it did the classic thing where there was there's 50 locked doors and there's a bunch of key like levers hidden around and you kind of have to like untangle the mess of locked doors but it kind of really did a good job of naturally leading you through the level like uh the level was mostly like circular and it looped back on itself and there was little windows like so when you'd pull a lever you could see a door opening through like three windows at a certain angle so you kind of never really got lost um and then there was levels that were like the opposite of that where there was a mess of levers and doors that were on the opposite sides of the level to each other and there was no indication which door was getting open if any when you were pulling a lever so you know i felt it kind of jumped back and forth between being like quite good and some of them are quite poor i think yeah some of the and i kind of agree with the inconsistent quality of the level design because some of these levels you kind of naturally progress through and zoomed through um even if they had alternate routes like i noticed that on the um the level the arena there's two completely different ways you can yeah. go that both lead to the same place which is really cool like that's that's very cool level design for a game released in this era because the level design is like linear in terms of how you progress through it they're, they're separate levels and usually when you enter a level you i think you can never exit it right when you start a new level that yeah. the previous level is always barred to so it's linear in that sense but 
your path through the level actually feels somewhat open and exploratory. A lot of the time there's multiple different ways to go and eventually you'll find the path and usually it feels good. But there are some which feel like it's just copy pasted rooms one after the other and it can be hard to get your bearings. Some of these levels are really, really, really long. Some of the time it will just lock you in a room in a scripted encounter where you have to kill a lot of things in a row before you can progress. It's funny, I wanted to bring that up as well because there's actually, in this one level that has a lot of that kind of thing, there's one room that has like literal infinitely respawning enemies and then after that are a bunch of rooms that have lots of respawning enemies but you can't be sure because you just <laughs> wasted all your ammo fucking around with the infinitely spawning ones until you realized what was going on. Mm. So now you're like, oh, this is another one of those. This is the wrong way. I'll come back. When actually you just had to sit through like 20 waves. <laughs> so, um, but how, there's no way to know, right? How, how do you um how do you rate the game as like, you and I, we both like exploring in video games. That's something that's come up since the very first uh, video. How do you, how would you compare uh, this game like compared let's say compared to doom where you the mm. main thing gaining your progress is keys you can kind of move around the level find the keys to open the key door do you prefer the kind of thing doom does or do you prefer what unreal does uh prefer unreal quite substantially actually i think what helps me is that the levels sort of it's less abstract so if you like there's landmarks and stuff so mm. You can kind of center yourself on the more realistic design of the levels if you get lost. I found that helped me quite a bit. Um, I also find, uh, like, there's a lot of puzzles. I, I don't know about, like, I wouldn't use puzzles as a strong word, but the sum of the level design does require exploration and for you to do things in certain orders. Like, there's a spaceship, um, and to get through this force field door, you need to break the shield generator and then turn this thing on over here and then clear this room over here mm -hmm. and then you can get through this door there was a lot of that kind of design around the place which i thought like tied into the like i don't know about world building but that sense of place you have um and i quite liked that a lot so i think in the good parts of the level design i like it better than doom uh or something like quake in the bad parts you know it can can, can be kind of rough when they do it poorly i have to admit there were a couple of times james where i did look up a walkthrough because i was unsure yes. what to do to progress um but for the most part i think you are right the the way the level flows naturalistically despite being a big open explorable space is actually somewhat remarkable it feels like a lot of effort has been put into this level design for you to flow through it naturally, as you said, when the levels are good. But when the levels are bad, they're real bad and they're quite, bad. quite unenjoyable. But I think that for the most part, if we're talking about the level design as spaces to move through, as exploratory spaces to enjoy, then it's one of the game's assets. I do think that... It's very hard in some ways to divorce level design from the combat encounter, but actually... Before, um... before we do that, there's just one example I wanted to go through quickly because this was a great experience that turned into a bad one. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember the... the it's like a green-coloured level on the two mountains? I think so, uh, yeah. It's like Spire's Bluff or something, uh, and there's uh, a monastery yeah, on top? Yeah, yeah. that was probably one of the ones you looked up a walkthrough to, so... My initial experience, so there's these two like really tall mountainy or like spiry peaks that are inside a big green lake. 
and you kind of spawn on top of one of the mountains um, and then you traverse a series of little bridges to get to the other you know peak which has a monastery and there's a bunch of puzzles in it so a friend of mine was watching me play this level um, and an enemy you know shot a rocket at me and I flew off the bridge and fell off the really tall you know walkway and we were like oh shit I died and then I landed in the water and didn't die which was so far down from the rest of the level and there was just like so many rooms and things to explore down there we were like oh that's cool until it wasn't because the level was an absolute maze and i spent like like 40 minutes trying to figure out where to go until we looked up a walkthrough but like yeah because because uh... sometimes the levels just they it's literally copy and pasted rooms like not not even joking it happens on the ships as well and it's kind of like it's it's hard right because that's part of what makes these spaces somewhat believable and um predictable but at the same time it isn't fun going through countless rooms over and over again when the context the of these temple rooms was particularly bad for that yeah the Sunspire. Yeah, yeah you that, keep, keep going up and up and it's just the same thing over and over again i did kind of like the the design of that one though it was kind of you can't there's so many ways to get to the top like i kind of forgave it for being so samey in some ways but yeah i kind of get what you're getting at yeah so level design so going back to the whole keys thing i i think you make a pretty good point james but i i kind of do the, the advantage of a key system is that when you first drop into a level you kind of get that sense of where do i go and you start wandering in a direction if you see a closed door you make note of it and then you keep going and you kind of as you go you build a map in your head and as a result the levels can be a lot more wilder and unpredictable it's funny it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying i guess right yeah because you know where the blue door is yeah. when you find the blue key you, you know, know where, where to, to go. go yeah whereas with in this game you don't have that internal logic always and i guess that's the thing when when it works naturally it's great but the whole key door system kind of gives you better direction consistently because yeah. you, you always know that when you find the blue door, it's like, all right, when I get the blue key, I know exactly where to go. It's like it's harder to make a truly bad level. It's hard. Yeah, it's harder to get truly well and truly lost and confused to the point where you need a walkthrough because I don't think I've ever needed a walkthrough in a Doom game because if you just keep wandering around enough, you'll find the key to the key door and then you can yeah. progress to the next chunk of the level. So I think that, yeah, it, the level design works well when it works well. <laughs> yeah, and so when it doesn't, it's a bit a bit miserable, yeah. So in terms of like, and I know you wanted to get about this, so in terms of how the levels are structured in providing combat encounters, how did you feel about well, it? Well, let's, um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to a music break in just a second, but I'm going to leave you guys with James, a conversation James and I had where he said something very insightful, I think, because we were talking about this and I was saying, man, I wish the level design of this game was better. The The level design hasn't done, done enough to um, maximize the value of the combat encounters. And James said, what is it exactly you want the level design to do? And I was like, well, fuck, that's actually a really, really good point. What is there that could possibly be done with the level design to make the combat encounters better? And so in the end, when it comes to level design, I don't actually think the level design is at fault here. And I'm fairly high on the level design for producing a fairly unique, linear, but um, 
still somewhat open approach. It's a very, it's, it does it very differently to the games of the 2000s, which just shoved you down corridors. It does it a lot more subtly, which, which is fascinating because we, I don't think this exact kind of level design we saw, we've ever really seen it again. It's either the old school boomer shooter key system or linear corridor -y shit like Call of Duty that took all the wrong lessons from Half-Life. So James, would you say that's true? The level design is pretty good overall? I think so. I think yeah. that actually, after we had that conversation, I did find a room that managed to make it more interesting. And Ooh. that's the one near the end of the game with the teleporters and the like core floating in the sky. Mm. Um, the enemies like made use of the teleporters and used the verticality against you, which was something that was not happening at all um mm. up until that point like that was the one room in the whole game where i was like <laughs> man they actually did it they actually took these terrible enemies and made something fun out of it uh, which and that's an achievement because man the enemies in this game are not great but but before we get too much into that because and we will yes. uh music break time so james what uh what piece of music have you selected for us and what did you think of it so i found uh, actually enjoyed uh, quite a bit of the music in this game uh, mostly the ones that had these really high tempo tracks or the ones that were more like dreamlike in the like the medieval areas um so i'm gonna go with it's hard i've got two that i really want to share uh surfacing and shared dig let's go with shared dig because i think it's probably the better of the two tracks um, and it's one of the ones you hear a lot early on into the game. Yeah, so my feelings on the music is that it is quite good. I, I think that when we talk about existing in the world of Unreal and the aesthetics and the atmosphere and the scale of the level design, the music is also a component of that as well. I wouldn't say this is my favorite OST of all time. Um, I know some people are very high on it, but for me, it was just a good soundtrack. I, I didn't like the energetic tracks as much as you did though, James. I tended to like the more ambient themes. Now that's uh you know part of the it, course, it's shocking right? isn't it i like yeah. ambient droning oh my god i can i can hear the gas from our audience already um well let's uh let's do my track first and then we can get into the droning later so we'll <laughs> go with um so we'll go with shared dig this is one of the more peppy ones that you hear a lot in the sci-fi levels here we go
Alright, let's talk about the enemies, because I have been thinking about this all try <laughs> week or whatever. It's been on my mind a lot because they're just so bad that it's like I'm enjoying thinking about how bad they are, basically. James, do you want um, to explain to everyone, I guess, how the basic combat in this game functions? Yeah, so you have access to a lot of weapons in Unreal. Uh, nine or ten, I think it is in total, that are all quite varied. Uh, they have a lot of creative guns, like you have a saw blade launcher that you know, shoots, you know, saw blades that bounce across the walls. You have a rocket launcher that actually, if you charge it up, shoots six rockets at once, weirdly called the eight ball. <laughs> um, and you have, you know, um, some, inst you have some hit scan, you know, more human weapons like a gun and a sniper rifle. You have like a pulse rifle or like a rail gun kind of weapon. Uh, you have Sticky Goo Launcher, which creates mines on the surface. There is a ton of variety. And they all have a uh, they all have a primary and a secondary function, every single gun in the game. And that's not to say they only have two fire modes, because the rocket launcher has like four if you combine the, you know, the different functions. So there's quite a lot of variety in the weapon selection, which makes it even more impressive. Um, how the developers managed to make the enemies quite fairly unenjoyable to fight. Um, if I had to use some games as a comparison, I'm probably going to pick Doom and Halo 1 as my the best comparison points, because one of the things that those games do really well um, is that they have a large variety of enemies, or even just like a moderate handful that are all very different to each other, and they can be thrown at the player in different configurations to give massively different encounters, right? Like you can have, in Halo, you can have lots of little grunts backed up with like an elite or some guys with shields with some snipers, you know, sitting in the back. And that's very different to like an encounter in a very enclosed space with an invisible sword elite you know, and in Halo, uh, and in Doom, it's the same way, right? Like, big open spaces feel very different to fight in than, you know, closed corridors, um, and it can be completely different with the addition of one or another type of enemy. Um, in this game, we have a handful of moderately tanky enemies that like to dodge your attacks. They are very similar to one another. Basically, every enemy in this game feels exactly the same to fight to me. There's even these little spider enemies that when I saw them, I was like, oh, these will be different, but they're moderately tanky too, despite being, um, you know, much smaller than everything else. This game really lacks like a cannon fodder kind of enemy that dies in a couple of hits. There's no snipers sitting in the back line that you need to snapshot. Everything takes like four to five hits with a powerful gun to kill. Like you can charge up, you know, five shots or four shots from the eight ball, the rocket launcher, and hit someone in the chest and they won't die. So everything kind of feels the same, even though you have these 10 completely different guns, because everything takes a while to kill, they all feel kind of weak, weirdly enough, despite being like thematically powerful like it's very strange to me that the rocket launcher feels like a pea shooter um that feels kind of equal to the pistol in terms of firepower i i struggle to think of a shooter that i've played that has a le less interesting assortment of enemies 
So you've touched on, I think, a lot of different points there, James, all which contribute to this end feeling. So one of the things, as you said, that Doom does is it combines enemies in different configurations to produce different kinds of dynamic combat scenarios. Yep. Um, we've only done Doom 1 and 2, and in Doom 2 they hadn't quite mastered it, but by Plutonia Experiment, which you've played the first level of, they had kind of got their grip on what to do. You can combine a single arch file with a chain gunner. You can throw four revenants in a room. You can have the pain elemental at the back spitting lost souls um, with, you know, a couple of Baron of Hell sniping you from the sidelines. And each and every one of those combat encounters where you have different elevations, different ammo and health pickups available to the player, different geography to traverse to engage with those encounters um will play out radically different and will require the player to be moving around differently to dodge revenant missiles or close in for a super shotgun blast whatever it is so the experience of playing through them is very different the experience of fighting the enemies in this game particularly the scar is literally the same from almost start to finish in the game the individual enemies are however more dynamic and dodgy and difficult to kill um, from an AI perspective than anything in Doom. Yep. But if they are always doing the same thing, once you know how to beat one Scar, dodge rolling back and forth, you know how to defeat every single fucking Scar. There are a couple of levels where the Scar, I think, is the main enemy of the game, and you'll fight, like, 20 of them in a row, like, one-on-one -on -one every single time. Yeah. It's very common in this game. And then, weirdly enough, when you go to the medieval area, they introduce this, like, kind of caster enemy that shoots these green magic missiles. Trivial. Um, and, yeah trivial they still take a few hits to kill they're easier it's like the game got easier for a second but mm. although like but, they're easier to dodge James, and hit why didn't they have those caster enemies on annoying high ground points as you're trying to rocket duel the scar it's funny i actually think that kind of design's not possible um <laughs> because all of the enemies in this game even those ones like to dodge roll out of your hits so mm. the second you fire in their direction, they will roll off of the high ground and it's back to like you 1v1ing it on the low ground. Um, it's yeah, very... but you, can, you can just imagine like the game basically for the first two thirds of the game will not have you fighting more than two enemies at once. And then every now and then it will throw a third enemy into the mix and it's like, oh, exciting three enemies at once. Yeah. I, it's funny, like, no matter how you slice it or dice it, the game's just crazy repetitive and boring to fight these enemies. Yeah. To touch on another point you made, James, with not being excited about any of the weapons, the part of the problem is that the weapons aren't functionally different. Like, the way you use the rocket launcher or the machine gun or the rifle to fight the SCAR doesn't change. You point and click. You point and click to the best of your ability, you use whatever gun you have ammo for, and it doesn't matter. If we once again go to Doom, the super shotgun is really good when you're up close. The rocket launcher is better at distance, and if you fight while you're too close, you're going to take damage. 
The BFG is obviously excellent, but has limited ammo. And the chain gun doesn't do a lot of damage, but it causes enemies to flinch and can be pretty good at sniping enemies, the low HP enemies at long distance. When you combine that with different ammo types and different engagement ranges, the way that you move around the level using your weapons and dodging projectiles, the game just plays differently. With this game, it doesn't matter because the enemies are all the same and the guns are all functionally the same. Like, And this is where I'm thinking, hmm, it's almost as if they've made the balance between the weapons flatter because this game was designed as a multiplayer, multiplayer right? shooter. Yes. And in a multiplayer shooter, you would want a more even balance spread between weapons so that when people pick up different weapons, they're not too, one player isn't way stronger than any other. Yeah, it definitely feels like they designed the guns for multiplayer. Like if you play like Halo, it feels very much like, you know, one gun is good against these enemies, but not so good against these enemies. Like even if you're talking about like, if we talk about the little shield grunts, right? Like you can use the plasma pistol to disable the shield. The jackals, right? Yeah, yeah, the jackals. Yeah, yeah. You can use the snipers to shoot through that little hole in the side. Um, you can throw grenades behind them. Uh, it's you're not you know you're not super keen on spraying the assault rifle at them or the shotgun even sometimes. Um, but like, it's it's not quite rock paper scissors with the weapons in that game, but it is much closer than it is here, and it makes the guns feel different and like you want to be using them in different situations. In Unreal, I basically had like a mental tier list of the guns mm. and would use the best gun until I ran out of ammo. Then I would use the second best gun yep. until I ran out of ammo. And then I would use the third gun until I ran out of ammo. Exactly how and I did it, yeah. There's like four guns that I would like literally never use unless they were the only ones I had left. Yeah, um, you, you don't care what gun you use. If it's got a lot of ammo, you might use it for a while and then you'll move on to the next one. There's a couple of enemies that like the floating head dudes that are still just a tanky dude that shoots at you that dodge enough that you'll bring out the pistol or the rifle because they hit scan. But that's like... The, probably the only tactical decision in weapon selection I made in the entire game. Um, uh, other than there are these boss enemies that take like like three minutes to kill and one <laughs> hit you, and I would always dump like the guns I liked the least into them so I didn't waste <laughs> good ammo. That was the, that was the second tactical decision I made in the game. Not a very fun one. Now, I will say, I do think the game does get more difficult as you move to the end stages of the game. They throw more enemies at you in a row. Um, ammo starts to become an issue. I think, in general, you start moving into more contained areas. Because when you're in an open area, like, you can't lose. Like, you, you, can, you can't even take damage, really, from the enemies. Because the projectiles yep. they're shooting at you are generally not... They're very dodgeable, right? Like, it's a multiplayer shooter. They wanted to make projectiles that were dodgeable so you can mostly just dodge everything once you understand how these patterns work it's only in close range kind of boarded in areas where it becomes a problem but even then i would never say it really progresses to anything interesting it just becomes a little bit more challenging um, in terms of these enemies soaking up so many hits i think oh. the other thing which leads to these weapons feeling not very good is that and we've touched on this is there are no fodder enemies yeah in quake in doom in all of the fucking boomer shooter spiritual in, sequels in that have come out lately too, like... in every shoot in almost every shooter 
your rocket launcher will like fucking destroy lower tier enemies and it feels great like that gives the weapon a sense of power if there are no enemies to easily kill with your powerful weapons everything they... feels trash yeah except for the flat cannon the flat cannon does feel good because it yep. kills the enemies faster so it, it is there a little bit like definitely the more powerful weapons that kill the enemies and less bullets do feel good but you just never get that satisfying feel you get from shooting a rocket at a bunch of bloody zombies that you do in in uh in doom and seeing them explode and give to pieces and their corpses kind of like spread across the level it, it, it just I, you never get that i gotta say it's a very bizarre experience to go through this temple that has all of these like ancient texts talking about this magic like this mysterious powerful weapon that the the chosen hero was supposed to collect and it's a rocket launcher and you get it and you're like sick this is a fucking <laughs> rocket launcher and then you shoot and you're like whoa it's got six shots you can hold it down and shoot six fucking rockets at once that's sick and then you do that and the enemy doesn't die like the first enemy you fight doesn't die in a like fully charged rocket and you're like what's going on I just spent like five seconds charging this thing up and it didn't die. If you, I'm pretty sure if you hit most of the rockets, like five of the six, it'll die. But the problem is they dodge roll the, uh, the projectiles. Yeah, half so, of them anyway. So, so. so it's quite hard. And in the end, the hit scan weapons end up being the most reliable. Um, and the thing is, it's not like we've never played a game that does this right. When we played Tribes Vengeance, Tribes Vengeance and Tribes in general is famous for its shitty weapons. That's almost like... A core part of the design that rocket launcher is the disc launcher it's like an embarrassing rocket launcher when you compare it to other games but they put in fodder enemies in that game even on the ridiculous difficulty i was playing on which tripled enemy health versus what james was playing on it still felt good to kill the basic enemies with the um with those rocket launchers compared to what they do in this which just takes them out altogether in many ways the biggest misstep of this game is although i showed it's not a misstep it's like a fundamental game design decision was to just rely on the strength of the ai of these individual scar enemies it's weird i don't think that the scar enemy on its own is a bad enemy to have in the game it just it, it's like it, an elite right it's like it's like an elite from halo clearly that's where the elite, elite took inspiration from it's like yeah that was my like first thought was like this is an elite but the entire game it's like an entire game of elites and nothing else <laughs> that, and that sounds terrible doesn't it yeah like it if does. you were to tell someone can you imagine halo but we replace like 80 percent of the enemies with elites you, you'd want to puke like it, it just would not be the same and it's not like Halo is a crazy complicated game. Like it's got like six enemy types, but there's six diverse, well-designed, varied enemy types versus one. <laughs> it's less the yeah, it's less the quality of the individual designs and more like the lack of variety. That's the like that what kills it for me. And it's mm. funny, the other day you said, and I hadn't even thought to do this, you said to start up a bot lobby and play a game against bots. Just and play deathmatch against bots. Yep. Yeah, and I did. And then I played it for like 30 minutes because it was fun. <laughs> because the enemies in that guy game die in like one rocket. And so do you. It's very, very fast and very frantic. And when you've got this like rail cannon that like two shots people from a distance, which 
it's like four or six shots in the main game it's like man these guns actually feel good to use all of a sudden mm. it's crazy and i was really surprised that they didn't lean into this more like they have the ai well, they eventually the did right and and this is the thing back in the time it was passe to release a multiplayer only well shooter. i'm not even talking about the multiplayer like if you play like doom 2016 or doom eternal they have these like combat arenas that are just like a big circle with a bunch of enemies like i don't see why like smack dab in the middle of a level they couldn't have just put one of these arenas and had you fight enemies with this bot ai that have a low amount of hp like that would have been sweet i would have been really happy to do something like that instead you just fight the same enemy like 60 times it, it's like that bit from uh tribes vengeance where in the middle of the game you just have a tournament and it's yes. just the, mo the multiplayer it's, it's so game mode and that's the most fun part of the game because you yeah. actually get to do the mechanics <laughs> yeah and they never did that once and i was like shocked because i was like actually having a lot of fun fighting bots it was very Me too. strange i had a lot more fun and I, well, I wasn't even intending to do this just playing bot matches for this old ass <laughs> game from 1998 than it was playing the single player campaign and it it all comes down to the bad gameplay design the bad enemy design the, the lack of design i i would say even it, it's just coming from they just like yep we made these pretty good uh bot like enemies that dodge your attacks just seed them through the level just put them through the level done we've finished the game and that's God. what it feels like. <laughs> if you took that level in Napoli, the village or the haven, um, and you put good enemies in that level, that level's now like probably one of my favorite levels in an FPS ever. As it stands, it's just like a pretty good level that's really carried by its layout and level design and really hampered by its enemies. Like and here's the thing. I think it's in some ways by comparing this to like the good doom level, the good doom tier levels of plutonia experiment, we're not actually fully expressing how bad unreal is because doom plutonia experiment fucking slaps. Like that game is superb in my mind. It's not just a game from another era. Like it's actually an excellent game that has stood the test of time and is worth playing today. It might be better to compare it to something like quake and quake is a game that i love to pieces james a little bit less so but i really like and quake doesn't have like super particular specific design to exploit the player or anything but it does have fiends which leap attack at you it's got weaker zombie enemies it's got the grenadiers which are often put in high places and are raining grenades down on you it's yeah. got the shambler which charges up an attack and then you can dodge if you time it right it's got the vor which spits a homing projectile at you and those enemies are kind of seeded throughout the level but because of the variety of the enemy types and the different ways the guns function and the different engagement ranges it creates this interesting dynamic combat gameplay situation all on its own just by having those elements unreal lacks these elements they do not exist and because they don't exist the gameplay fucking sucks it's not like they even tried it's just a bunch of tanky deathmatch bots seeded yeah. out throughout the level and that is all it is and it's tremendously disappointing yeah it's really really annoying because i was like super surprised by the visuals and the level design and just like those things are good but 
the combat is what you're doing in the game right so if that's mm. bad it just like tanks the whole thing so yeah it really does like if this was a walking simulator uh, and they as you said put a lot more effort into the audio logs and it was about exploring these locations and there were dead people everywhere and you were just literally walking through the level and that had been i guess the focus of the game design unreal would be the way we would be evaluating Unreal is different, but this isn't that. It's a boomer shooter. It's it's a game based around its shooting gameplay. And I feel like we mostly have to evaluate it on the strength of its shooting and combat. Yeah. I feel like if you just halved the health of everything and doubled the number of enemies, like, you know, mm. you'd need the same amount of ammo, but it would be more fun. It's interesting. Um, when When I was considering picking this, James, I very strongly considered playing a modded version of this game instead of the original because i had heard things about the gameplay and i'm like I, i'm really feeling a little sketchy about the quality of the gameplay here but i was like no we should just play the original one and maybe there are some mods out here that address this fundamental issue i i just don't know yeah i find it extra frustrating because like the guns are really creative um mm. and you just have to use them and it's the most bog standard ways like so like for example there's a gun where you shoot the orb out and then you shoot it with the other fire to make it explode yep i like that gun it's um, it's a really cool idea right but it would have been cooler if there were larger groups of enemies where you could exploit the aoe explosion i guess sometimes that gun you can knock things off ledges into you can like... you can even do it just with the beam function yeah which yeah. i liked um that was fun i wish there'd been like enemies that were specifically i don't know maybe they like the enemies with shields maybe they still get displaced a bit so that's one way to deal with them like mm. that kind of thing would have done a like a well one would have done wonders for this game i think yeah but but even the different so we've mostly talked about the scar but the problem is the scar is like almost as good as it gets <laughs> and the other enemies are just like even worse than the scar like you have the snake people uh that you find in the water temple that just kind of are less interesting versions of scar like they just kind of slowly waddle towards you and don't dodge your attacks and then you've got the super tanky enemies on the spaceship which don't dodge as much but have a lot more health and shields it's like none of this is interesting like none of this is good you haven't really done yes you've changed the characteristics of the enemies you're fighting but it doesn't significantly change the gameplay it just means that i have to be a bit more wary and worry about the enemies dodging a little less and yeah i mean unfortunately i know we're right, we're kind of like out of breath here but that's the that's the core of the issue with unreal like i i don't know how else to say it it's also annoying because it's not like the game is like bad it's not like f fighting a scar is like a unfun bad, un unfun like intrinsically the first, like, like the first it, 10 it times i did it i was like this is cool like the first time you encounter one like it's actually a really cool it's really piece, cool yeah. like you get plunged into darkness and there's this red flickering emergency light and this mm. thing like jump scares you out of a wall and then it's like super tanky and scary and you're like oh these enemies you know you'll see them occasionally and they'll be pretty scary and then immediately you run into another one and then another one and then another one and you're like oh i guess this is the level well actually it's the whole game <laughs> it's the game yeah <laughs> but it's not like like we've played games where there are where it's bad at first and the problem for me is that this isn't intrinsically bad it's just incredibly repetitive, repetitive and yeah. it's uninspired 
and uh yeah it just just sucks the fun out of the game and like towards the end i was like can i just put on god mode can i just give myself infinite i strongly ammo? Can I... considered dropping it to easy because i was Anything. bored yeah. yeah just just to make progressing through this game faster because i'm not finding it fun in the slightest james if you got more notes or shall we move on to final impressions yeah this one's going to be a bit of a quick one it's uh <laughs> it's really hard to get past this bugbear honestly um mm. go if, go for it yeah so i don't recommend unreal um so i've just spent a long time talking about how the gameplay is quite bad what i will say is unreal does offer something unique in the level design and aesthetic space that we don't really see in any shooters nowadays at all the so the closest i've come to this in terms of aesthetic is probably a medieval uh one of the new blood games but outside of that i've never played a game that kind of takes this sense of scale uh in such an interesting way and like i said the, there is a kind of genius to this level design of it being mostly linear without a key system that most of the time will kind of naturalistically push you in the right direction through some fairly open-ended structures like it is it is quite interesting how it all fits together but no matter how interesting the level design is the gameplay here is not good and the gameplay here is eclipsed not only by games older than Doom and Quake, not only by its contemporaries, Half-Life and the Blood Engine games, but also it's eclipsed by all the modern boomer shooters, the modern spiritual su successors, whether it's Ultra Kill or Dusk or Celico or any other game you care to mention, even the mediocre ones like Cultic are more enjoyable on a gameplay level than Unreal. And I think that at the end of the day, we should be judging Unreal for being a video game shooter because that's how you're primarily what you're primarily going to be doing. If you really don't give a shit about the shooting, like it doesn't matter to you at all, and I don't understand the kind of person this would be, <laughs> then maybe you can suck enough fun from just existing in the world of Unreal. But I think that as a boomer shooter, it fails the fundamental test of the of the shooting being fun and. I just cannot and will not get over that. So Unreal was a failure to me, even though it had some interesting elements. Um, and I'm glad I played it because it was different and unique, but I don't think there's a single person I would recommend this one to. It's really annoying because when I was playing through Napoli Haven, I was like, man, this game's awesome. Like the level design is so cool. And I love this shift in environment. The game, every single level looks quite different from one to another, right? Like there is such a crazy diversity in the environments. I was just not expecting that going into this one. Like they mm. put so much effort into the visuals at the time, which, you know, today aren't as impressive, but really the sheer variety in level design and some of the quality and exploration is just superb. And unfortunately, as Patrick has said, the gameplay really lets this one down. If you want to play this game, and I probably could recommend this game to, you know, a handful of people, I would strongly recommend either modding the gameplay or playing on easy so things are less tanky. I think that if you can, you know, fix the gameplay at all, like if you can mod in the bots from the multiplayer <laughs> or something, you could make this game fun. And I think that there is a lot of value in this kind of level design because i really don't like have a good comparison for it like it feels very removed from you know the dooms and the quakes of the world 
and even more removed from more modern games even in the mid 2000s like this game feels completely different to something like half-life for example so yeah it is it is different half-life took fps games in a different direction it's it's fascinating this game does something that i've you know with its level design that i've never really experienced elsewhere and it's a real shame to me that i can't recommend it you know because like i it was an eye-opening experience in some ways but you know, like we've gone on for, you know, 20, 30 minutes now, the gameplay's not good. And when that's 90% of what you're doing, it really just sours the entire experience. So this one's a pass from me, um, but it's I, I'm sad to give it a pass, right? Yeah, I, I would recommend a medieval. And a medieval is more of a spiritual successor to Heretic than it is Unreal. But the level design is probably the closest I've played. And it actually has good gameplay with the way you fight enemies and interesting guns i mean they're guns mm. but it's like swords and spells and stuff it's a uh, it's it's the only one that has this same sense of scale um but generally yeah i it and if anyone has can recommend like a game that does capture the spirit and atmosphere of unreal that would be cool i'd, I'd like to hear it because i'd like to he- see what this game looks like when the gameplay is enjoyable mm. me too yeah, well, so what are we doing next, James? We're doing Unreal Tournament 99, Unreal Tournament 2004. Uh, They're all on the table. What about All of two? those games. That's really Unreal, good, isn't it? Unreal 2, the way. No, let's let's not do that. But um, thank you so much for everyone who's listened to us on this episode today speak about Unreal. And we apologize if we've offended you Unreal lovers, but unfortunately, your opinions are wrong and the game just isn't very good. Jeez. We are the Retrospectors <laughs> Podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and my co-host was James Sterlings. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It has 106 episodes of content, um, including other reviews of other boomer shooters. It's got a bunch of articles that James and I have written, and it's got links to all of our social media stuff the most important of which is our Discord server. Our Discord server is where we interact with our community and it's where we take game recommendations. So if you want to drop by and say hi, or if you have a specific recommendation for us, we would love to hear it. We also have a Buy Me A Coffee page. So if you love the show and would like to support us monetarily, you can drop us a donation on there. So with Unreal out of the way, James, I have a sneaking suspicion we're not going to be doing yet another Boomer Shooter that's going to fall back to me to pick. What are we doing? What are we playing over the next three weeks? Yeah, so I think we're going to go for something completely different as we normally do. Um, I wanted to play maybe a shorter game there's actually like so much (laughs) coming out at the moment that i'm struggling to find time to play everything i want to street fighter 6 came out you're gonna get diablo 4 uh definitely not no um but i'm hoping that there's a uh maybe a surprise uh beta for path of exile 2 next next (laughs) month which would be great obviously far outside this timeline i've also been playing uh pathfinder wrath of the righteous which is like a 140 hour game so you know, got a bit on my plate, so let's go. How dare you have other interests outside of retro video games? games. Uh, how I'm dare I? Yeah, well, it gives us a good opportunity to play a shorter title that I've wanted to play for a while, actually, which is Luigi's Mansion, uh, a GameCube Ooh. title, which has always been, you know, good in our experience. I think we should... Um, quit the uh, general retro show and just become a gamecube podcast <laughs> i think we'd uh, improve the quality of the average game we play by a lot um, so so i've never actually played a luigi's mansion game ever i've heard a lot about them i know people love them i'm assuming it's just a resident evil spin-off 
Oh, absolutely. This is survival horror at its finest. No, it's more like an action adventure with some light puzzle solving elements, um, which, you know, I've only experienced this at people's homes when I was a younger. And, you know, back in the day when there was GameCubes in the store, um, I would try to play and get very confused on how to, to progress. But uh, I'm told that it is quite good and I'm looking forward to playing this one. No, I'm intrigued by this one. And uh, I know that this is one of those uh, titles that has a cult, cult following. In fact, wasn't there a game released in the last few years, which was a sequel to this game? I think it's game? got three games now, okay, uh, I believe. Yeah. Um, which is cool because you know i think it's got like fairly unique gameplay wise um there's a lot of like exploration and puzzle solving and light combat i think all right well i'm I'm looking forward to this one james i think that you you may be on to a winner here but i guess we'll find out in three weeks when we see you for luigi's mansion see you then guys